Hello and welcome to the Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete West and I've spent half a lifetime collecting stamps and more than 10 years buying and selling them. In these podcasts I want to share some personal stories, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and maybe encourage a few non-philatelists to take up this fascinating and absorbing hobby. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another edition of our Dad Stamps podcast. Today is the first of a two-part series where we will talk about errors in stamps. Producing a stamp is quite a long and complicated process, so inevitably there are going to be errors made. Post offices throughout the world employ an army of people to check for these errors to make sure that they don't go out in public. But occasionally these get missed and they produce the errors that we stamp collectors know and love. The first error I want to talk about is, is one we talked about a few weeks ago, actually. And that was the inverted jenny produced in America, where it went through a two-print process. The first print run put the red frame on the stamp. And then it was put in a second time to produce the middle picture of the, of the plane, which was in blue. But as it happened, one of the sheets got put in upside down. And so the centre picture appeared upside down. And that's where the inverted jenny came from. This has happened quite a few times. It's, that wasn't the only time this has happened. And another big example was in, in 1932 from the Cook Islands near New Zealand. The series of stamps was produced where one of them was uh, a one penny blackened lake that had a picture of Captain Cook in the middle. And the picture of Captain Cook ended up upside down on a few stamps as well. So this is not just something that happens once. It does happen on uh, a few times and always causes a lot of interest in the stamp community. The second type of error I want to talk about is the colour error, producing the wrong colour. This again resulted in a very famous stamp, the Treskilling Yellow, which once upon a time was the most expensive stamp in the world. And this was a stamp produced in Sweden in 1855. Tre was three shillings in Swedish. And it should have been printed in green. But what they think happened was that the eight skilling plate got damaged and was mistakenly replaced with the three skilling plate. The eight skilling was in yellow. And so when this three skilling run went through, it produced a yellow stamp that should have been green. Although a whole sheet is 100 stamps, only one of them has ever appeared. So what has happened to the other 99? Who knows? Whilst we're on the subject of colour, a lot of errors are caused by problems with colours. And it's usually because they're on a multi-print run. What that means is when there's more than one colour in a stamp, each colour is printed separately. So the sheet is put through and the first colour is printed then it's put back again for the second colour to be printed. And if necessary, it's put back a third, a fourth, a fifth time. And each time it's just a single colour that's printed. And obviously in such a process, it's relatively easy for one of the sheets to be put in upside down or be missed out totally. And that's exactly what happened with a set from Great Britain in 1966, a set of British birds. 
it was made up of eight different colours. At some stage, each one of those colours is missing from some of the stamps. So there was quite a few errors that got through, and each one produces a different look. There's a reddish-brown colour that was used for the legs of the bird, and in some stamps, those legs don't exist. The bird's sitting there with, with no legs at all. A red is missing, so the robin doesn't have a red breast. A blue is missing on another, so the blue tit doesn't have a blue wings. A black is missing on another, so that the black-headed gull hasn't got a head. They all produce really strange effects, and although looking at them it seems obvious that that's missing, they obviously got through the checking process and ended up in the public domain, and they are worth considerably more than the ordinary stamp. I think from my point of view... It's quite interesting talking about the process of printing stamps. I think now we tend to think of a stamp is, you know, the colour purple or the colour blue, depending on the denomination of the stamp. However, when you think of special ones that are produced for Christmas, for royal weddings, they often have gold on them as well. So obviously that must, they might have a, a gold overlay or a silver overlay. So again, that must make it a, a lot more of a complex process for the actual printing. Yeah, producing the gold colour, in, especially in the 60s, which was a popular time for stamps in Britain, producing the gold colour was quite a difficult process. And the other thing is you have to be careful with a stamp that purports to be missing gold because it's quite easy to remove the gold colour. For some reason the way the colouring is, is produced to get the shiny gold effect, it's quite easy to remove that by a chemical process, much easier than it is to remove other colours. So for the unscrupulous people in the world have used chemical processes to remove gold and then sell them as a gold missing. So you do need to be careful. To a trained eye, it is obvious the difference, but you do have to watch out for it, yeah. So my understanding is... Somebody gets hold of some perfectly correctly printed stamps, let's say a royal wedding and they've got some gold on them, they will somehow take the gold off and try and pass it off as a stamp that is imperfect but very valuable. Yes, indeed. Yes, unfortunately, there's always somebody trying to make money by illicit means and, and that's one of the ways it's, it's done. My goodness, that has really surprised me, that story. <laughs> So beware if you get one, particularly that's missing gold, because that is relatively easy to remove. So sticking with the theme of colour errors, the third type of colour error is where there's a colour shift, where when the paper's been put back in for, for its second print run or its third print run, it hasn't been quite lined up properly. So if we go back to the birds, instead of the black of the seagull's head being where it should be, it's in the middle of its body or it's up in the air. To my knowledge, that didn't happen with the bird series, but with other stamps, it, you get the colours in the wrong place and it produces all sorts of strange effects. I say it happens frequently. It's not that frequent, but it is a common error in stamps. And there's a, a Maltese set. The Maltese 1965 set contains a whole host of errors. There's many errors to do with colour shifts where the description of the stamp is on the wrong side of the stamp. The description that's in the middle sometimes is at the top, sometimes it's at the bottom. Malta is missing in some cases or, or is not on the stamp. So there's a whole host in that particular series. So much so that I'm going to devote a separate podcast to that one. I mean, can I just ask a question? 
I should imagine technology has moved on considerably. Stamps are surely all electronically checked now, so are you still getting modern day errors on stamps with printing or perforations? Or You still get errors, certainly not so many that I'm aware of. In the 60s and 70s where it was a new process and the idea of using several colours in a stamp was quite a new process, so that was a time, that was a big time of errors. As you say, now most of it is printed electronically. The whole printing process is slightly different. So it's less likely there are errors. But I am going to talk about a a modern era. Because I can't imagine nowadays you've got people sitting there with these huge sheets of stamps with a rubber thingy and flicking through them. And to their trained eye, they can spot an error quite easily. I can't imagine that goes on now. I actually don't know the answer to that. I suspect it does, but maybe with not quite the intensity that it used to. Okay, on to the next type of error, and I briefly mentioned it just now. This is one omissions where part of the stamp doesn't get printed. And generally this can happen for one or two reasons, really. Either it's on a multi-print run and the sheet just doesn't go back in for that colour to be printed at all, or when it did go through, there was something on the plate that stopped that colour from being printed. That is rarer, but it does happen. And there was one particular one that's quite well known amongst British Commonwealth collectors in 1867. Again, a lot of these are quite old errors. As you can imagine, it was still quite a new process in those days. But in 1867, the British Virgin Isles printed a stamp that had a pink background and in the middle was a black and white image of the statue of St Ursula. And again, one sheet of stamps went through without the statue. So all you've got is a plain pink stamp. Now, how the checkers didn't notice that there wasn't a black bit in the middle, I don't know. But when you're checking hundreds of sheets, it's quite easy to miss one, I suppose. And that particular stamp, a whole sheet must have gone through the wrong way up, but only four or five of them have turned up since then. So it's a very rare stamp. I'm just thinking of that process. So they printed... A sheet of stamps which literally just had the pink background and no statue. So the checking people missed it. When it went to the post office and back in the day, you would go to the post office and you would ask for one stamp or two stamps and they would open this huge tome of a book and they would, you know, pull out the ones you wanted. So they're looking at it. They actually hand you the one stamp or the two stamps you have to lick it and stick it on the envelope, put it in the post box. So lots of people had the opportunity to see this pink stamp with nothing else on it and think, oh, that looks a bit different. But apparently very few of these have turned up. That's very true, yeah. And it could be only four or five turned up because they'd only sold a couple and then realised that it was a mistake and withdrew the rest of them. So it's quite possible that that's what happened. It could also be possible that the person at the post office realised it was an an error and took four or five himself. Who knows? People do all sorts of things when money's involved. So So if anybody's got any relatives who work for the post (laughs) office back in the day, go and have a rummage in their attic. Yes, indeed. The next type of error that that can occur is regarding overprints. And an overprint happens when an existing stamp has a message or something printed on top of the stamp at the time. So it could be for a special commemoration. Within the British Commonwealth, it's frequently done when a country gains independence. 
and they still use the same stamps that they had before, but on top of the stamp is printed independence, the date, and the new country's name, usually, or something similar. It's also frequently occurred that when they change from pound shillings of pence to decimal currency, it's quite often used then. War tax is another one that's frequently overprinted, where during the First World War, every time you posted a letter, you paid a little bit extra in tax to go towards the war effort. And a further example is when existing stocks of one stamp runs out, they quite often in Victorian times, instead of waiting sometimes months for the new stock of stamps to come in, they would overprint existing stamps with that value so that they still had a supply. And this happened in Malta in 1899. The letter rate rose from a halfpenny to a penny. They'd almost run out of penny stamps, but they had loads of tuppenny halfpenny stamps. So Postmaster General of Malta was instructed to overprint the two and a half piece stamps with the words one penny and they could be used in place of the one penny stamp until new supplies were there. But the Postmaster General of Malta at the time saw this as an opportunity. He instructed the printers to produce one of the 240 stamps on that sheet where instead of saying one penny it said one penny and they'd spelt penny P-N-N-E-Y as opposed to P-E-N-N-Y. And that was under the postmaster's instructions. So there was quite a few hundred sheets produced with this variety on. He then removed those stamps and took them round to the local dealers and sold them at a huge profit. It was reputedly selling for three shillings each for a penny stamp. It didn't actually take long for it to be found out. He obviously had to resign and... I'm not sure a criminal prosecution took place, but he certainly never worked for the post office again. Yeah, it's quite an interesting story. And there is a further bit to that, because once it was realised that this had happened, then some fraudsters got hold of a load of normal two and a half pence stamps and made up their own overprint with the error on it. So all of a sudden, instead of the, the hundred or so that the Postmaster General had originally instructed, there were now hundreds of these errors on the market. The new postmaster decided in order to deny the forgers further access to two and a half piece stamps, every single two and a half piece stamp that was left was marked with a little red tick so that if it had a red tick on it, then they couldn't overprint it without it being obvious. Half of me is enjoying the story of the entrepreneur spirit of the postmaster general and then the crooks who took it one stage on. Yeah, I mean, what a great story. Who knew that stamps could be so interesting? Yes, that's the beauty of stamp collecting. There's always a story to go with it. Just to finish off the section on overprint errors, there's a couple more that can happen and do happen. Firstly is the inverted overprint. Much the same as you can get a part of a stamp inverted, you can get the overprint inverted as well. Again, this is caused simply by putting the sheet in upside down when it went through the print run, but it does happen and does get missed. Also is one where the overprint could be missing. Now, the problem with this is that if the overprint is missing, then the stamp looks exactly the same as it did before they decided to put an overprint on it. So one on its own doesn't help, but where it does become valuable is if you get a pair of stamps or a group of stamps where there's one with the overprint on it and one without the overprint on it. And this can happen in, in a variety of ways. It could be just that the printer forgot to put the overprint in that particular space. Or it could be that something was laying over the stamp when it came to do the overprints. 
But again, this is not a common error, but it does happen. And the final one is basically down to human error. These overprints were quite often done locally, and local printers weren't always au fait with the process of, of stamps and the complexities of stamps. So they would make mistakes, and some of these mistakes would be printing the same word twice. There is an Indian stamp that should be overprinted with nine pies, but it exists in two forms, one that says nine nine, and the other that says pies pies, because they got put slightly out of sync by the printer. It was quite possibly working with a foreign language, so hadn't realised his error. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Errors in Stamps. We still have several more to go through, which I will continue next week. And I hope you will join us again soon. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and maybe you've learnt a little too. I would love to hear from you with your tips and stories. I can be found on Facebook and Instagram as Our Dad Stamps, as well as through my online shops at eBay and DevCamp. Listen again next week for another episode of the Our Dad Stamps podcast.